0: Hello and welcome back to the What Do You Think of That podcast. Today I am joined with Izzy of Izzy's Atypical Show, and we are going to be discussing Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I thought that it would be pretty topical, considering it is 4th of July weekend. Um, so, yeah, Izzy, feel free to introduce
1: yourself. Well, hello. Uh, like, Yasha, I am Izzy from... This is a typical show, and I'm glad to be, glad to be on the show. And, yeah, no, that show was pretty interesting. Did a lot of really cool things there. Yeah. What do you thought of it? I have
0: just re-watched a little bit of it because um, it's been, like, I don't know, a month and a half since I last watched it. Um, I think if I was to, like, if someone who hadn't seen the show had asked me um, if it was worth watching Um, A uh, definitely make sure you are caught up on all the previous MCU stuff particularly the Captain America and Avengers stuff because it definitely will make more sense I think that it could be a standalone show um Because it doesn't mention the greater MCU a ton. But um, I think that it covers some topics that are generally not discussed, particularly in um, the big blockbuster movie-type media outside of, like, really vague, kind of, sort of mentioned. And so I think that the show... Handled that part very well But what did you think about that?
1: Yeah, no, I I agree. I think as a casual viewer of Marvel I think it does a pretty good job with Bringing in what is necessary to know from before So that way you can kind of feel like you could just jump in However, there are, of course, like, like you mentioned, there are a few moments where things are mentioned where unless you have seen at least the last couple of Avenger movies, Infinity War or Endgame, or, and of course I've seen the Captain America movies, it does leave you in certain moments pretty... plus the word. You're definitely competing for those moments. Yeah, but... but-
0: As far as, like, and I think that Marvel has done this well with their TV shows. If you were to jump into Falcon and the Winter Soldier without any prior MCU knowledge, I feel like you wouldn't be as lost as you'd initially think you would be. Because, for the most part, it's pretty self-contained. And it doesn't mention the greater MCU terribly much. Like, there's some stuff with, um sharon carter and of course you know they mentioned steve rogers a couple times but for the most part like you don't hear a whole lot about it that you'd have to have like huge masses of knowledge of 23 prior films and one prior show
1: yeah no i i definitely agree they do a good job with introducing the character and allowing you to know well, all the characters, with allowing you to know everything you need to know about them. So that way you're able to move forward without feeling like you're you're missing something. They do a good job of that. And definitely have to credit the showrunners for that.
0: Yeah. Well, with that said, um, spoiler review going forward, because... We will definitely be getting into some stuff, particularly in the later episodes of the show, that if you haven't watched it yet, uh, you will definitely want to watch it before. Um, granted, I mean, it has been out for a bit, but I do understand that there are people out there who don't have access to a Disney Plus subscription, so go watch the show first, then come back. Um, going forward, though, um, what did you think of just
1: the plot in general? I think the plot plot's interesting because on one hand i feel like the plot it feels familiar but not so familiar that it felt boring but there was enough things twists and turns that created it to be a little bit more than what usually marvel brings us and again love marvel and with this, it brought something that you're familiar with, which allowed everyone to jump in. And at the same time, the twists and turns that it did bring was very satisfying as a viewer.
0: Yeah. For me, um, maybe it's just that I've only seen the show really, like, once all the way through. I feel like the plot was a little... Pushed to the side in the development of the show. I feel like they had a lot of themes that they wanted to cover and like topics that they really wanted to address with the show. But as far as the plot goes, I feel like they kind of sidestepped that. Um, and part of that I understand was that, you know, this uh, crazy pandemic happened right in the midst of production and they had to rework the plot a little bit. Um, but I don't know, it... Especially in the finale. Yeah, it seemed to me like they wanted to address kind of racism a little bit and uh, and particularly how that applies to uh, the black community. And they wanted to address just generally some more political themes. But then they... And then, as far as, like, what they wanted to do with the show, like, introduce Falcon as the new Captain America. And so I think that they went in with that and then kind of made the plot work around that, that I feel like for the show, the plot is a little weaker than some of their other stuff.
1: Especially in comparison to how WandaVision is go- went and also with the Loki show.
0: Yeah, because both of those shows, and Loki's still going, so can't say for sure exactly what the plot is um, but even just with the th- three episodes that I've seen so far like there's more of a clear well there's a clear narrative in Falcon and the Winter Soldier but like they seem to be taking creative liberties with these two shows and particularly with WandaVision. Vision is where with Falcon and the Winter Soldier they're like there's these new super soldiers and we have to stop them and that's the plot. <laughs> so And especially coming out of A, coming out of WandaVision, which was huge, and B coming out of Endgame, which was a another big kind of crazy plot, it just I don't know. I liked the show a lot. It reminded me a lot of Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Or is it just Captain America the Winter Soldier? The, the sequel to Captain America, which is one of my top favorite Marvel movies. Um, and it it reminded me a lot of that film. But, and so, I say all this, I still enjoyed the show. I have no, like, problems with it. But that's just something that, you know, kind of sticks out to me in if we're discussing the plot, that that's uh, definitely something I'd want to address. Yeah,
1: because even from what I understand from some of the directors from both WandaVision, Doctor and What's the Soldier, there are certain themes that were supposed to go in a certain direction, but due to the pandemic, they weren't really able to get to. With yeah, myself, watching WandaVision, I didn't feel that as much. There were certain things, but even with that said, overall, I would say I really enjoyed that show. And with Falcon Winter Soldier, still very much enjoyed it. But I also felt like there were certain things in the finale where, if it was done the way they might have wanted it to go, then it could have been a little bit more special. Yeah. But, yeah. But, yeah. To be fair to
0: the writers of the plot, I think that there's very heavy evidence that the original plot line was going to revolve around um, a major virus outbreak. And then, given the state of the world, that would maybe be a little bit of poor taste for a show. So, I can imagine that they had to kind of rework things really fast last minute during production. Um, so, credit where credit is due there, but... Um, but still, I feel like that's one of the few places this show kind of falls short a bit.
1: Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, no. Yeah, I agree. And, and yeah, that really would have been poor timing. Yeah. So,
0: um, episodes one and two are a little bit more introductory. I feel like they're not as plot heavy as some of the later episodes particularly episodes four five and six because those episodes really ramp up the plot episodes one and two is one is very much character introduction and two is very much situational introduction and then episode three is a little bit more filler almost if that makes sense like there's only six episodes so you don't really have a filler episode per se Um, It's not like there's an episode in the show where it's like, well, if you skip this episode, you would not miss anything. Like, for sure, episode three has some kind of bigger things for the plot. Um, But
1: when you compare it to the rest of the show.
0: Yeah, yeah. And episode one, I really enjoyed a lot of scenes in episode one. And we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, And episode two also had couple great scenes and a couple great great quotes too Um, especially as we get into discussing characters and um, their character arcs within the show because there's a lot of original characters in this show Um, I mean outside of the like title characters and a couple of the other side characters but okay I want to make a note here when I say original character I mean original in the MCU not like they were in the comics episodes Four, five, and six, though, as I said, are crazy, particularly episode four, um, because I, well, I s- kind of saw it coming just because you generally see uh, John Walker's, de- like, his character, uh, well, maybe not his character, but, like, his mental state is deteriorating, you know, um, to a point that at the end of episode four, he kills a guy pretty brutally, too.
1: Maybe possibly of what we've seen in Marvel, the most brutal death.
0: Oh, for sure. I and particularly that it's on Disney Plus. I was like, whoa, that's a lot. Um, which then leads like directly into episode five. Incredibly well, and episode five, I particularly liked because I think that it addresses a lot of things really well like you really see um sam's struggle with deciding to take up the mantle of captain america because of everything that implies particularly with um him going back and forth talking with isaiah bradley and hearing isaiah bradley's story um so i think that episode five was just really well handled and then of course episode six is just crazy because it's the finale um oh yeah what about what do you think though of, of um, just kind of how the episodes are crafted
1: yeah no um, I would have to definitely agree with, but with episode one I feel like although some could say it's slow I feel like it gives you a great idea of where everyone is at and that, that's something that's really important when you're a stop show because why do you end up hating characters is so heavy on what you know about them. Because many shows where they're like essentially telling you to like them, but you're like, but why? And with this show, it allows you to see into Bucky's headspace with everything that's been going on. It allows you to exactly knowing where we're at with him. And with Sam's character, it gives you a great introduction to. What is the current world that they're in, and I feel like it does a good job with that. Season episode two gives you introduction to John, which I think we'll go into that a little bit more later. But there are so many details of how they the character. that was just simply beautiful because knowing how. Four, five, in Overall, I would say that I uh, like the game of I it was definitely interesting where they were heading with the ending of it with Zemo's character. That was that was a surprise. It's like, oh, I mean knowing he's in the trailer, but knowing this is how we lead to him was like, hmm, okay, okay. And even with how we really go into Zemo with Episode 3, because you're just kind of like, okay. Because before, last time we see him, Captain America, Civil War, you know him as this revenge-seeking person, And although that's still there for episode three, you definitely see more of this human version. You're understanding these ideals, you're beginning to like see why you choose what he chooses. And especially as the enemy of the show becomes more aggressive, you start to think, maybe there's a point to what I say. And I think that's part of what the show really wanted you to begin asking as well. Yeah. So I feel like they definitely could get, get there. Then episode four, again, I, I have to agree that was, that hit so many things from the continual growth of the platform Sam, you're beginning to understand again more into why he's hesitant about taking the shield and what that entails. And in a way seeing how much that is affecting John. John's character and what he ends up doing, uh, Whoa. Whoa. This is okay. Again, like we were just talking about the fact that they even filmed it and the fact that Disney was like yeah that's no, fine keep it keep it in it's like okay yeah no um, and then season episode 5 although it was a new, well we begin with that battle scene and again that battle scene again was that was intense yeah but it was, it was but it, and it was so raw because there's so much emotion and you could just see it with how they begin with John running in you're just like seeing what his emotional state is and seeing him almost switch it to being like from feeling like he was feeling to switch it to fight mode and just how that fight ended up going was oof yeah
0: well I feel like that kind of transitions into character breakdowns pretty well um, because the plot, I mean, generally, I feel like helps carry the the character arcs. So I guess we should start with, um, Sam Wilson or Falcon, uh, because I feel like he has the, maybe the biggest arc to the point that they changed the title card at the end for him, um, from Falcon to Captain America. Uh, so what did you think about? Falcon's character and his character arc throughout the series.
1: Man, man, man! Let's begin. Uh, His character arc within the show is something that's interesting, and it's in a way kind of familiar because of his character simply because a little spoiler heavy uh, but yeah with the show it's implied in a way Uh, with how Avengers Endgame ends you see old Steve giving Sam the shield and essentially saying I want you to be the next Captain America, I want you to take up this mantle to being the next leader in a way and seeing Sam that kind of seeing Sam having to like break that down to see what does that really mean because when you first see him in episode one you see him giving up the shield instead of just going right in and I think for some people they're really just confused with that but when you actually begin to see Sam in the whole story especially when he meets it's Isaiah Bradley you uh, see, I think he was, I think he was right. never about not being interested in Cap, but I think it was more that he never believed that even if he wanted to, that he would be accepted as that. Right. Because when you quickly start to understand, when we'll talk more about this, when we talk more about Isaiah Brad's character, but... When you start to actually see how his character is treated well, in the story, yeah, you start to see some it's of bad. Sam's fears. Sam starts right. to actually see realities of what he has went through, what he has, what he. Oh, Part of his story arc during the same is going from whether he believes that society will ever accept him as Cap and whether he believes he will of it. And I think one of the beautiful things about that story is that he never, like, even from the beginning, from the previous Captain America movies, he never really saw himself as like this. Like he believed in his capabilities, like he was never like, yeah, I'm as great as Cap. I'm as great as everyone else here. He's just, hey, I'm just a guy with some wings willing to help. Right. Things that energy from I'm willing to help to willing to like really take that and be like, hey, I'm willing to out. whether you accept me as this new title, whether you accept me as this new title as a black man in this society, and really take me on the energy of Cap, because Cap was never just, Cap was never like, I'm here to save the day, no. Cap just wanted to protect the little guy, and the scene Sam really stepped into that was it was, uh, it was great
0: yeah. yeah and I think that I mean really we get to see five different Captain Americas uh, particularly with this show to a lesser extent on some of them so I mean we have Steve Rogers who's like grade A uh, like perfect standard Captain America uh, not to say that like Steve Rogers' character was perfect he was of course flawed but like when you're looking at Captain America as a character like Steve Rogers is you know the top mark and then you have um you have John Walker's Captain America who's trying to do good but ultimately fails and then um Bucky, who isn't Captain America in this, and they address that a little bit because there were some people after Endgame who were wondering why didn't Bucky take the shield or, or something like that. Um, and they address it very briefly in episode 3. Uh, and basically he he's like, well, with my past I don't think that it would make sense to, to take up that mantle. Um, and then, of course, you have Isaiah Bradley who was also, I mean, we don't see a whole lot about his character, but from what we hear, he was pretty similar to Steve um, in that, like, he's doing the right thing um, and he didn't use his power and let it corrupt him like Zemo was talking about how Super Serum corrupts a person. And all of that kind of ties into the Captain America that Sam Wilson eventually becomes because he sees where the shortcomings are. He sees where... Uh, where Steve struggled, particularly because he was working with Steve for so long, but also seeing where, um, like, John Walker cracked under the pressure of holding up that mantle and how poorly treated Isaiah Bradley was, and all of that ties into how he feels he wants to proceed with it. Um, And I think that we see a really, like, at the beginning of the show, he has no interest in being captain america because he doesn't feel like he can fill captain america's shoes and then at the end of course we see that he does pick up the mantle of captain america and i feel like one thing this show does well is showing you the progression of him being hesitant and learning different things and slowly coming to accept that he could pick up the mantle despite what everybody might think um is where i feel like some shows are a little rushed where they're like he doesn't want to be Captain America, but suddenly he does. Um, so I think that that's something that this show really does well with, with Falcon's character. Um, moving on to, to Bucky's character. We don't see as much of his character as I wish we could have seen in this show. There's definitely some growth to his character that we do see. And like we see that he's now free of the Winter Soldier's um, control words... And, like, he's trying to just get back out into having a normal life. He's making amends, um, talking to the people that um, he had hurt or put into power as the Winter Soldier. Um, And I thought that it was a really neat detail that he was, like, that Steve gave him the notebook that he had when he was coming back into the world so that Bucky could experience the world the same way. Um, I thought that was a kind of... Nice little detail that they threw in there, um, and then of course, you know the whole part with uh, Mister. Oh, what was his name? His name was Yuri. I don't remember his last name, um, but the guy that that Bucky had killed his son while he was the Winter Soldier is absolutely heartbreaking. But I'm glad that they keep like that. They took the time to really delve into his character. Uh, maybe not as much as I would have liked because the show was definitely more focused on Falcon and his progression but I'm glad that they didn't just uh, sideline him
1: yeah it definitely would have been disappointing to not see more of like to see more of fucking seeing where he's at and seeing where's the growth and is there more to his character though we have seen that far.
0: And I and I definitely, as I said before, I I appreciate that they addressed why he didn't take up the mantle of Captain America, and like that, it addresses that he and Steve had talked about it, and he said no. Um, because a, I feel like it shows that Bucky is not against Falcon taking up the mantle, uh, and b, it kind of answers what I feel like was a question that wasn't answered at the end of Endgame, of like why didn't he give it to, to bucky because people who read the comics know that for a period of time bucky was captain america so i think that, that was just a really neat detail that they added in there so progressing on to the character of john walker um this is a kind of as much as they delve into Falcon, I feel like they put the this next most amount of time into character development into the character of John Walker. Because, and I and I particularly like that I went back and watched episode two. Because after knowing his whole arc and then going back, there's some things that are, like, for definite foreshadowing to what's to come with his character. Because you see, okay, so John Walker as Captain America... Or, US agent. Um, he's definitely a twist villain. Um, but not in the sense of that you don't know he's a villain. Um, and it's hard calling him a villain. He's more of an anti hero than anything. Um, I feel like Wyatt Russell does a really good job portraying a character that you hate. Because, like, from the end of episode one, I don't think. Anybody liked John Walker. But then we see episode two and like we start to think, oh, well, maybe he's not actually that bad. Like he's just trying to do his best with the with what he's been told to do. He's just like following orders. Um, but then like the more that we see into his character, the more we're like, no, you're making bad decisions. Um, but there's a different there's a conflict there that I think that is portrayed well. Um, and one of the things that I noticed while watching the second episode again is that, so, like, in episode four, when he's talking to Lamar, Lamar's telling him how he's he consistently makes the right decisions and that if he were to take the superhuman soldier, like, it would just amplify the things that he already was, which was, and then Lamar lists out all these things. But if you look back at what Lamar tells... John, in episode two, in the locker room, he said that some some situations you can't punch your way out of, which gives you a little bit of insight into John's character. Of that, while he was in the army, like he solves problems with his fists, uh, is where Captain America doesn't really do that. Um, and so I think that that gives you a little bit of insight is to how he progresses to killing someone, and like really snapping at the end of episode four
1: yeah no, I have to agree. I definitely wouldn't call him a the anti-euro And also at the same time, I would also would call him a, a um, yeah, maybe that's the: Yeah because well, like it's interesting.
0: he gives off red hood vibes a little bit:
1: Yeah no, I agree. Because, like, again, you're introduced to this guy who essentially is being told, yeah, you know the people who have been crazy since the 1940s and recently as an Avenger? You're going to be the new guy. You're going to be the new guy. And so being compressed with so much responsibility and feeling as if he has to measure up to that standard, that would be hard for anyone. like, I understand the so if someone told him to do that if someone told me to do that I'd definitely say no but he does take himself, and you definitely see like the struggle of wanting to measure up to that and I think one of the ways they definitely do a good job in showing that is whenever he's interacting with Bucky and Sam because he sees them as being like used to work with Captain America and so for them to not want to really work with them or to really what he felt like not helping them as much he was feeling like I'm not as adequate as Cap and so whenever they were saying no whenever they're like disagreeing with them you could definitely see like it is my you're seeing his mind kind of turning them back. Yeah. Maybe I'm not as like, fit for this role as, as I thought it was. But even in the beginning, you still you see him ask that question too with his girlfriend. And so I think you begin to see that thought begin to kind of ruin things further. Because as things continue, of course, you see him begin to struggle more with seeing other people being able to take him down even to a point where he asked Sam to fight him, not Bucky, because he knew that Bucky could take him because he's a super soldier. And the enemy of the series being super soldiers, he couldn't even take him down. And you start to feel that his feeling of inadequacy just continues to grow further and further.
0: Well, and I think that there's also a... Um, significance to him challenging Sam in that I think that he too could really see that his biggest competitor for the mantle of Captain America was Sam and so if he was going to prove to himself particularly that he could live up to that mantle that Sam would be the person that he'd have to beat
1: know yeah. that, that makes sense and so, of course, when yeah. the Dora Miladre take right. him down with ease, I might add, that definitely gets its a bit of feeling. That feeling that he's been feeling grows to the extent because when he says they didn't even have the super soldier serum. And so, when he does take the serum, you almost to an extent feel sorry because after you see him killing the person you see him run away you clearly see he's not taking any of this well like at all and then instead of the government like yes the government don't like they punch him and that they take the title, but they don't actually try to help him right and you see that like, he's like, I did everything you of me. And instead of them like really hearing that, instead of them actually like, you know what, you're right, we're sorry. Like, yes, obviously, I got a title thing, but it's It just kind of leaves him alone to feel what he's feeling.
0: Well, and there's also a duality to particularly that of that, you know, John Walker kills a guy. And the only thing they do is discharge him of the title of Captain America as where Isaiah Bradley did nothing wrong. And they locked him in prison for 30 years. To the point that the only reason he escaped prison was because someone faked his death.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you definitely see a lot of that even today. And I feel like they did a good job with that because with that again, he was more soft on the wrist, like you just said, 30 years in like, and he just came in to save his own team, too. It wasn't like, um...
0: Yeah, he does it. the exact same thing that Captain America did in the first Captain America film, but instead of being praised for it, he gets locked in prison.
1: Which, and I can even imagine how Isaiah Bunch might have been felt, because, like, like, by this point in time when he did this, he would have already known the legend of Captain America. They would have, like, some crazies about him, I'm sure, in the first 30 years. I'm sure the government did would still praise him, but, like, especially the first 30 years after, he would have, like, said nothing but, like, what would he did. He went out to save his own team. And so I'm sure that was to some inspiration for Isaiah in doing what he did. It's so to come back, only for
0: the future. Well, I mean, not only that, but we see the Captain America exhibit in this film, uh, in this show, but we also see it in um, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Uh, and the, the, like, main exhibit that we see in that film is praising that particular moment where he saved all those troops.
1: Yeah, well... Wow. And for and which is again crazy because again that also really d- does show how the government really did view uh, Isaiah Bradley, but also just many you know, people like Isaiah Bradley that like and that's the course of the worry that I was about to him. like even if I were to like want to take that mantle, do I really want the burden of having? That much animosity from towards his wife, which again, yeah, because he did, like you said, again, he did the exact same thing that deep did. Yeah. Him, prison for Isaiah which is I can't even imagine.
0: Yeah, moving toward, I guess, not the like, I. Uh, it's hard to say. Technically is the main villain of the series in Carly Morgan-ta. um. But also, like, there's so many other things going on in the series. It's hard to say that she's the main villain. But for the sake of this, I'm going to say main villain of the series, Carly Morgan-ta. Um, I think of the characters in this show she's one of the more neglected ones in my opinion like we see a lot into carly's perspective um to the point of almost agreeing with her but at the same time it's like but really quickly she becomes like super murder inclined almost like they got towards the end of the series and they're like oh this is the main villain the audience is not supposed to be rooting for the main villain, so we need to make the main villain really evil all of a sudden, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. No, I I definitely do agree. Like, they made it because it definitely would have been harder to sell again at the very end. It It would have been harder for them to be like, yeah, she deserved it. It's like, what? No. But yeah, no, they definitely made it a little weird with that. I definitely think that was one of the shortcomings that the show did have because there was no reason why Sally should just be a killing. And so instead of actually showing us the reason you know, why she's getting to this point, we might even get there. We saw that she accidentally killed someone some in episode four. But besides that, there was nothing in her character thus far that showed that. And so for them to just suddenly be like, oh, yeah, no, she, she's more killing up, she, she, She's got help than that. That was definitely a... It took more time. Like, I get it. You probably have, like, a... Yeah, to make sure the show was ready for a specific one, But it could have took some more time for that.
0: Yeah, I really would have been curious to see if there wasn't a pandemic, what the show would look like comparatively like how different it would be because I have a feeling that there would probably be a little bit more motivation for certain parts uh, particularly with Carly's character so but I guess we'll never know
1: hopefully one day the writers and directors will give us some more insights but who knows it'll happen well, yeah Carly is She's definitely a trustee. Because there's definitely points where you agree with some of her reasoning. But by the point where they had her switch to killing is a okay, it definitely makes it hard to really be able to agree with her reasoning. And it makes it hard to not agree with Zemo's reasoning when it comes to super soldiers. And so it becomes a, well not all super soldiers are like Carly, but yes.
0: But also, not all super soldiers are like Steve.
1: Yeah. So it definitely becomes an interesting duality with agreeing with some reasonings, but with how they ended her character, it puts you in a position to not really agree with her at that point because it's like, if the point comes to killing people, i obviously it's like not as yeah i'm sorry you you failed there yeah
0: i guess the last character that i'd want to talk about is zemo um zemo's character i it's like a double-edged sword almost because i feel like they both equally didn't change his character a whole lot from Civil War and so like kept true to what his character was in that film, but also kind of changed it, if that makes sense. So like in this show, his whole goal is making sure to take out all the super soldiers and stuff like that, which is fine and kind of can tie into what he's doing in Civil War because he killed all the other winter soldiers, you know, but The impactful part there, like, his goal in Civil War wasn't to take out super soldiers. He had no problem with Steve particularly, or Bucky. His goal in Civil War was to tear apart the Avengers. And so to then jump into this show, and suddenly he has a new goal. Like, I can understand that he probably could have thought about that while in prison, but also, like, to say that that was his goal the whole time, I feel like he was pushing it a little bit.
1: That is a good point. I actually, that's funny. I was within the show, I didn't even like remember that. But now that you mention that, yeah, like his whole part of the whole reason of wanting to split them up is because of how he believes they're the reason why Socopia was destroyed. And so for him, it was very much a revenge. Because even for his character at the end of the movie, he was going to. Like off himself, like he was totally fine with tearing them apart, and then that had to be
0: end. He even says like his work is finished. So to then jump into this film and be like, or show, I call it a film, but it's a show. Uh, to then be like, oh yeah, this was my goal the whole time.
1: Yeah, it felt very. And the fact that they don't like you hear him mention like Sokovia, and he goes to like the whole funeral statue of it but like you don't ever really hear him talk about his children his family's his wife which was a big motivator and to hear it didn't have any of that but only to kind of make him slightly silly it, yeah
0: yeah and then suddenly he's also a a baron which is true to the comics but like no mention of that in civil war at all so for him to suddenly be rich i feel like was just plot convenience. But all that to say, I have no problems with Zemo's character. He's actually one of my favorite characters just because I think that there's a humor to him, if that makes sense. Um, and I think that for the most part, his character's handled pretty well. So,
1: okay. uh, He brings just enough chaos and reasoning to the show that allows it to stay interesting he's on screen just enough time to be a foil for Bucky and Sam while also still bringing the info and also to begin to question things. Like even him asking Sam if you had a chance to take the serum, with you? And when Sam said outright, no hesitation, no, you even again see... You're, you're able to for the audience to see that and see how quickly John Walker took the serum and really questioned whether he would want to or not. It allows you, the audience to really be able to see where Sam is and what, how different he is to John. Because I definitely feel like without Endgame ended, I remember many people talking about how um, they were, like, upset that Sam got S.H.I.E.L.D. versus Bucky. And so, within the show, you really got to see the reasonings of the whys. and when Zemo asked that question, and for us to be able to really hear that reasoning, you even seeing Zemo, like, there was, like, a little bit of respect for Sam in that moment. Like, I don't know if he necessarily respected him before, but I think in that moment, like, a little respect grew, which allowed, again, the audience to see really Zemo's reasonings and Sam's reasonings for what was
0: going on. Yeah, and I think, I think that something that I particularly liked is like Zemo concedes that Steve Rogers wasn't corrupted by the serum and that ultimately he did what he believed was right. And so I liked that part, too, of Zemo's character.
1: Yeah. Because often than not, you often see people, characters that are like, no, no, uh, I won't see it, and I'm fine with not seeing it. But you obviously see that he's able to see when he's wrong. Which is, again, interesting. As a Marvel villain so far, you don't really get to see them be human. For the most part, you see them only in... I want to destroy, I want to take over. And so to actually see more villains show more of that humanness, being able to like, even in their head, be like, ah, I was wrong. Or be able to, and being able to say that. That's rare. And I definitely hope that's something we continue to see with Marvel villains. Although there is something to be said. I do enjoy a clear-cut villain of I just want to be evil. Let me be evil. But being able to see the reasons behind that is still great. And so, seeing how Zemo, even though I enjoyed some of the silliness of Zemo, because it did allow us to be able to see where, why, like, why he thinks what he thinks. And I feel like they definitely did a good job of how they used him in the show.
0: Yeah, I, I. I would agree with that. So, I guess to wrap up, the last thing that I would want to ask, and it's something that I've asked other people that have come on, and just something that I do generally, um, what would you
1: consider to be your favorite scene in the show? Ooh. Favorite scene? that. That is hard because I mean, if there's like so many really good scenes in the show, like so many, like even with so many good scenes. Uh, if I had to say for myself, I actually really appreciate the ending scene when Bucky and Sam, the rest of Sam's family and fellow neighbors are just like, celebrating together and you're seeing a true joy in Bucky's eyes and even with Sam seeing like a peace like you're seeing a peace within them and you're seeing them being able to truly celebrate in that I really appreciate that and it was really fun to watch that I would say that would be my favorite scene
0: yeah yeah for me it comes down to two scenes and one of them wins out for one reason, so for me it's either Sam's big speech in episode six, and the one that I'm gonna say is my favorite scene is uh, when Bucky breaks Zemo out of prison, and I'll get into why in a moment. The reason that I didn't pick Falcon's speech is because it is heavily plot involved, and I feel like when I'm when I'm picking a favorite scene, um. I'm more looking for just scenes that are goofy just to be goofy. It's where, like, Sam's speech, while it's an amazing scene, and I've gone back and watched it, like, several times now, uh, it is very much plot-heavy. Um, but I really liked the scene where he broke Zemo out of prison because it's just so goofy. Like, he goes up to Sam, and he's like, so, hypothetically what would you say if I broke Zemo out of prison? And then, like, he kind of it does the whole scene. I don't know. I really enjoyed that scene. I think that that was just really kind of goofy and a good break from the more serious stuff in this show.
1: That was definitely an enjoyable scene. And especially, of course, when Sam actually sees Zemo and he's like, wait, hold, hold up, hold up.
0: <laughs> yeah. So that's um, that's been our thoughts on this show Uh, like i said earlier if you haven't seen it go watch it if you've gotten this far in the podcast and haven't watched it though what are you doing um but yeah uh do you have any final thoughts on the show izzy
1: yeah it was it was a ride the intensity of seeing where these characters began in the beginning of the show and even with the beginning of where they started the MCU to how they end in the show. And even with the announcement of a new Captain America movie, with the assumption of now Sam being the lead and Bucky in the movie, I it brought tears, it brought excitement, it brought a whole new level of what the MCU can bring. And I'm very much looking forward to seeing more.
0: Yeah, I think I'm just going to leave the the podcast there. Thank you for listening. Um, and we'll catch you next week.